Thank you for tuning in to First Assembly in Youngsville, Louisiana, where it's our vision to be a place to meet with God. We pray that you will find this message to be both encouraging and empowering as we go deeper into the Word of God through Spirit-empowered, life-giving, Christ-centered ministry. For more information about First Assembly or to catch up on previous messages, you can visit our website at firstassembly.place. all the men and the boys that came. Uh, I want to let you know that uh, we had the second largest group there this weekend, which I was, I was like, wow, that's cool. Yeah, that was exciting. So, um, you know, Pastor, Pastor uh, Joe and, and got, really got behind it, supported. I want to thank him for doing that and uh, allowing men to take the time to participate in that. Uh, Pastor Travis was there also. That, that really ref- means something when you see leaders actually engaging in, 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 uh, in putting into it. And, of course, they had their sons with them. Um, I really want to thank William because he kind of took the ball and ran with it to kind of get it together. And Will also really worked extremely hard. Uh, Will Henry worked really hard to uh, put this all together. <clears throat> the theme was passing the mantle. And um, what happened was Royal Ranges for the first time uh, joined together with men's ministry, and they did a joint uh, outing, and it opened it up to to people outside of Royal Rangers, and and the theme was a father uh, passing the mantle, but it was a father son, a weekend where dads were encouraged to bring their sons and, um, you know, spend some time together, get rid of the phones, iPhones, and all this other stuff, and really engage with each other. <clears throat> In fact, there were multiple examples. Um, Steve, I didn't see Steve, but he, there was multiple examples of three generations, father, son, grandsons, that, that attended this, which was, I thought was pretty amazing. Um, uh, the, the weekend was filled with uh, uh, activities. Uh, first of all, you know, set up a campsite, you're cooking your food, and, and I thought about this, moms, guess what? Your boys didn't have to take a bath. They got to play with fire. They got to play with axes and saws, and they got in the lake, and they didn't drown. Okay? So they, they really, you know, they were really having our guys Wednesday night were so fired up. They were coming out their chairs talking about what they had done, which, you know, means a lot to us because it means we did something that we felt was successful. You know, Saturday we had a bunch of games for them to participate in, uh, and then we had um, – uh, the nightly services and, and morning devotions, which I was privileged to do. Um, God had put some things on my heart two years ago, and he let me share that. Um, and as I was um, really contemplating this last weekend and what really took place, and, uh, you know, the the ultimate goal of these uh, outings is to always put people into the into the presence of God. And, and for God then to begin to move and stir and do, do what he wants to do in people's lives. So um, as I was Monday morning early, oh, by the way, this morning, uh, I woke up early. I got two scriptures, both on joy. <laughs> so that's, that just confirmed to me that was God talking, you know. So it's like when you started talking about joy, I was like, okay, God, see if the radar is up. But um so I began to, I woke up really early Monday morning and said, God, what did you really, uh, what did you really do this weekend? 
what really happened. And uh, it really began, I, God brought me to, to Isaiah 61, where it says the, the, pre, the, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. One of the things he said there is that to bind up the brokenhearted. And I really began to contemplate because typically our, our council fires and stuff are geared to salvation, baptism in Holy Spirit. That's usually the thrust of that. And we didn't do that this weekend. And I began to question that and called a couple of guys and said, what do you, I mean, that really didn't, what didn't seem to be the thrust. And then Sunday, uh, Monday morning, I felt like God really confirmed in me <clears throat> through that scripture that because it was a father-son camp out, he had really orchestrated all the messages and everything. And he wanted to actually bring healing into men and boys' lives. He wanted to bind up the brokenhearted. He wanted to bind up and heal men uh, and boys that had never really had a dad or, or that had had a dad that really probably wasn't really good dad. <laughs> you know, it was a poor representation of the Heavenly Father. And I felt like what God was doing this weekend is he was demonstrating to men's, men and boys that there was a Heavenly Father that could demonstrate all those characteristics of encouragement and, and love and, and correction and all those things that God uh, reveals out of himself as a Heavenly Father, that he wanted to demonstrate that and heal men and boys that had never actually received that in their lives. So I went, you know, Lord, it was a healing service. And uh, I'm going to give you two... Um, I'm going to give you two uh, quick testimonies. Uh, what God kind of had prompted me was I bought some towels, and we anointed them. Uh, we had uh, some uh, Commander Cron uh, anoint the oil, uh, the towels. And, and God actually had asked me to just go ahead and give them those to men and, and place them on boys and men and uh, impart the mantle, and, and now I realize what he was saying is I want to impart the mantle of a father to him, uh, of what it means to be a father and to know a father. So um, one particular guy had a, about a six-year-old boy with him. He was with another outpost, and I was visiting, and I was sitting with him, and his guy kept saying, I'm a Catholic, I'm a Catholic. And this is not a, this is not a reflection of a, a religion or anything. He just kept saying, I'm a Catholic. And, and he had this little, about a six-year-old boy, and he, and, he, and he goes, and he's been baptized. He's been baptized. And he kept saying that, you know what I'm saying? So I said, well, tonight we'll see, you know. And uh, when the, at the end of the service, when they came up, um, I went up, and they were there. I began to pray, and that guy, I'm telling you, the power of God just, just I mean, I know it's, he just, he was standing there, and he just, he went down to the ground and sat down. He grabbed his son, and he was just holding his son like that, and he was weeping. And uh, as I looked at this little boy, I was looking in his face, and, and he was his, his, his gaze was fixed on me, and, and he just stared at me. And I stared at him until basically I broke down crying because I, I, I was like, man, it was almost like seeing the face of Jesus. And in this little boy, I, it was like I saw this empty vessel, this innocence, this empty vessel that, that was going to be filled with something, okay? And it was like God saying, I want to fill him with me, you see? And God was given uh, this, this dad and his young son this opportunity to be filled with him and experience something they didn't really, have maybe never experienced before. 
The other testimony was a young, well, yeah, I suppose, go ahead. <laughs> um, the other um, thing that really stuck out, God actually, I mean, I don't do these kind of things typically, but God pointed out a young man all day Saturday. I saw this young man, and I knew him. And, and God, I felt like, instructed me to do something, and I checked with his leader before I did it, but I said, this is what I want to do. And he said, go for it. I believe that's God. And this guy is about 6'2", six, 6'4". Six, I mean, he's a young, he's in his early 20s, and he had been working all over the place. Every time you saw him, he was working, and, and God spoke to me. So I brought him up, uh, and I said, I believe God wants to lay the mantle of a father on you. And, and we put the towel on him. I had some guys who came up, began to pray, and God... Really, what God had spoken was uh, was that he was he was big physically, but he was big spiritually, and that he had a big heart, and that uh, God was going to impart into him the ability to encourage, to nurture, to protect, just like what a father does. And what a lot of people don't know is that his dad abandoned his family when he was very very young, so his mother had to raise their family, and he had to become. Uh, pretty much the father of the family and, and look after his his sisters and, and and the family and and I believe and it was like uh, you know that that was like a representation of what God was really wanting to do in really just anybody that was there that needed God to do that to him so all in all it was a super success a lot of good feedback once again I thank I want to thank this church for supporting this ministry what a lot of you don't know is our outpost is the oldest active outpost in this state. Uh, I can go back to 19, as far back I found, 1973, which represents over 40 years of active raw rangers in this church. And uh, I want to thank uh, the leadership and the church for supporting a ministry that I believe God wants to uh, build godly men and boys out of. And I want to say thank you. Appreciate the time. So I just want to take this opportunity before we go. Before I just, well, I got well, you got a man of God up here on the platform. You don't just let him leave without taking an opportunity to pray. And uh, I, I just want to give an opportunity right now, it just to ask Bob just to take this these this next few moments and just pray a specific prayer. You know, I believe that that there's the one thing that's under attack in this in this world is you know as, as we can agree that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? that there's principalities, there's powers that are set against the family that God ordained, that he orchestrated, that he put together. God created the family. He created the family to be a man and to be a woman and to, be, and to have children. And, and on every front, in every aspect, the enemy is coming against our families. He's coming against that passing of the mantle between a, a father and a son. So, so right now, I want to just take this as opportunity for... Come on, if you if you've got a if you if you're a father, if you're a son, uh, if you've got a broken relationship, if 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 that's you, I just want this is we're just going to pray for you, take this opportunity, and pray for you right now. So, um, so Bob, would you just would you just pray for our men and for our boys and for those who just need wisdom, encouragement, and and just a blessing of the Lord? Well, I'm going to actually step out a little bit, and I'm going to ask all the men. And younger men in this sanctuary, just go ahead and stand up. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs>
man, I, it's the Holy, I'm telling you, Holy Spirit, I, I, I kind of felt the prompting that about praying, and I, I didn't want to uh, step out in that without being asked. Man, and, and the pastor's right. God really began to speak to me. What we don't understand is that it's a mantle. It is the mantle from the Father himself. And the, and, the, and the Father is ordained by God to be the covering and the mantle over his family and over, over his society. And the enemy has done an extremely good job of destroying that and tearing down that, that thing that is God has represents himself through men, through fathers. And, and that protection and that covering that it represents. And the enemy has tried to take that away and has done a good job. I believe God's wanting to restore that and, and bring that forward once again. And I don't know if I can feel the anointing right now. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that the men that are represented here today represent men who have uh, in some way or fashion committed themselves to you to walk in, in your guidance and in your leadership and in your prompting and in your word. And that represents your heart as a father. It represents your design and the way you created men and families to be. And it represents how you protect and cover. And I, I would pray today, Lord, that every man here today would recognize that. It's not a put down, but that they would just say, Lord, inside of them, as we did this weekend, we challenged people, Lord, cried out to God and said, God, I want to be like you. I want to receive that from you. I want to receive your heart, and I want to be able to give that to my, my sons and to others. Uh, God's calling forth fathers. He's calling forth. In every generation, he calls forth fathers. And today, God is, is calling forth today fathers to represent him among many that do not know him. I'm telling you, God's lowering that mantle right now, and if you'll say yes, he'll give it to you right now. That's it. Many are receiving that even right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I believe that God just gave me a word for someone here this morning. And uh, I just want to be faithful to that. In in Isaiah 43, he says, fear not. He says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name, and you are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God. I believe that that's a word for someone here this morning. That he's saying to you to fear not. That he has called you by your name. And he says to you that that he is your redeemer here today. That he says that, that you no longer have to live in fear, but you can live in freedom. From bondage, from sin, from shame, from abuse. That no longer do you have to live according to the word of man, but you can live according to the word of God. Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. I want to have a message that I was going to preach, but I just want you to know that I'm going to save this uh, chase for next week or the week after. I believe that God just gave me a word as, as Bob was uh, beginning to just uh, 
just to begin to say, share those testimonies. I believe that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And God wants to do a work here that goes beyond just some simple message that I have. Although we are still preaching the gospel uncensored out of the book of Mark, I want to just give your attention right now to the book of Luke. And we're gonna, I just want to read right now the book of Luke chapter 4. And I want you to know that this is taking some incredible levels of faith from me. Incredible levels of faith to to not preach from my notes. Incredible level of faith to say, Lord, I'm just going to give you this time for me to say what it is that you want me to say. Is that okay? Amen. 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 So I'm just going to put this somewhere so that's not a distraction. Amen. Come on, y'all want to get into the Word this morning? Is that okay? Come on, how many of you realize we got to get into the Word of God that penetrates deep into the soul? Come on, I want you to know that as we can begin to just dwell on the Word of the Lord, that He can begin to shake the nations. Come on, you want to shake your community, I want you to start reading your Bible. Come on, we need to find a place of prayer. We need to begin to find a place of solitude. We need to begin to find a place of sanctuary each and every day. You know, as, as Bob was just sharing there, he used a reference, and I just want to go to that reference now. As we're in chap- Luke chapter 4, I want to read verse 18 and 19. It says, For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, these are the words of Jesus as Jesus goes into the synagogue and he begins to preach the truth. And as we've been talking and discovering in Mark, that Jesus, it said he preached with authority, not as the scribes, not as the Pharisees. And I believe that that authority flows. From identity. Let me, let, me tell you, let me just give you just a little bit of clarity here. That, that authority flows from your identity. That when you lack authority. Come on. How many of you realize that some of us aren't receiving a healing because we're still living in the identity of our sickness? Well, I want you to know that, that some of us are still living in poverty because we live in an identity of being poor. Come on, I want you to, to, to today to begin to understand that when Jesus Christ came to this earth and He died on a cross, He didn't come that we can just live a better life. He didn't come that we can just live a happier life. He didn't just come that we can live funner and, and more excited. He came that we can live how He wants us to live. That He gave us an, a new identity. As Paul says, it's not I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Come on, I want you to know that, that as you begin to go into this world, and you will, that I want you to, your prayer should be, Lord, let not them see me, but I want them to see you in me. Come on, Alicia was just sharing a story here this morning about, about her son Landon, a young man. They, they were at a restaurant, and he just began to evangelize in that restaurant. Come on, you don't have to always know what words to say other than Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Let me tell you, come to church, you can hear the truth of the gospel. Come on, I want you to know that that is the message, that Jesus is, the, is coming to declare the truth of, the, of His righteousness in this world. Come on, here this morning, I believe we're, we're just in preparation. We're in preparation. But Jesus goes into the synagogue and He begins to preach with authority. Not as the scribes and the Pharisees. Jesus knew who He was. And from that identity, he understood his purpose. Come on, how many of you know that God has created you for purpose? Come on, how many of you realize that Romans 8.28, right, says that, that, that he can work all things together for good for those who, who love him, for those who are called according to his purpose. Come on, how many of you realize you were created for purpose? I want you to know you'll never truly understand your purpose until you begin to function in your true identity. 
Come on. I, I, I thought about it this morning. I was like I had some, some paintbrushes, right? And then in my paintbrush bag, I had a, a crescent wrench. And I'm like, my crescent wrench is confused. It don't belong with all my paintbrushes, right? It belongs in my toolbox. Well, how many of you realize that that crescent wrench would have had a misidentification? It didn't understand what its purpose was. And as soon as it began to get into the place of its purpose, it can begin to, in the place of its identity, it can begin to be used for its purpose. Come on, I couldn't, I couldn't tighten up a bolt because I didn't know where my crescent wrench was because it was misidentified with my paintbrushes. Is that making any sense? Okay. Amen. Come on. So I want you to know that Jesus Christ had a thorough understanding of his identity and it helped him to fulfill his purpose. And he didn't get sidetracked by the things that other people said who he was come to do, right? Come on, how many of you realize that they said, Jesus, Jesus, heal us. Jesus, touch us. Jesus, perform the miraculous. Jesus, feed us. But he said, that's not what I came to do. Hang on. Jesus didn't come to do all that? No, he didn't. It says here in Luke, as he began to identify, this is what it says. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Come on, that's me and you. He has anointed, this is Jesus. He anointed me to preach the gospel, the good news to the poor. And he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. As Bob just here said this morning. Come on, how many of you realize that that's me and you? He came to heal our brokenheartedness. How many of you recognize that without Jesus, it's impossible for us to please God? How many of you know that Jesus said He is the way, the truth, and the life? And it says that no man comes to the who? To the Father, except through who? Through me, through Jesus. As we begin to identify ourselves with Jesus, that it begins to bring restoration. It begins to bring peace. It begins to bring joy. It begins to bring healing. He begins to bind up the brokenhearted. Come on, fathers, if you have a broken relationship with your son, I want you to know that you need to start just injecting Jesus into that relationship. Injecting truth. And he will begin to bind up the brokenhearted. Come on, you can begin to let go of all the pain of their past. Come on. That's the message of Jesus, to bind up the brokenhearted. It says he, he came to proclaim liberty to the captives. Come on, how many of you in here can say this? I, I'm not asking you if you're captive here today. I want you to know most people who are held captive don't even know it. I want you to know that every one of us, that, that as we were born into a, a, a dying world, as we were born into a world that was deceived by the sin of Satan, that we hold the key to our own cages. Do you realize that? Most of us who are in captivity don't even recognize it. We think that this is just life as normal. But I want you to know that as you give your life to Jesus Christ, He hands you the key. All you have to do is unlock the door and walk out of it. But here, I want you, amen. I want you to know here this morning, I just need a little bit of feedback. If you have been set free, if you are captive in addiction, if you are captive in your shame, if you were captive in your sin, and Jesus Christ freed you from that here this morning, can you just lift up your hand? Come on, that's just about everyone here. Come on. Amen. Jesus came to set at liberty those who were captive. You know what liberty means? Freedom. Come on, Jesus came to declare freedom in the places of bondage. Jesus. Jesus, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Man. I mean, okay. I want you to just consider this for a moment. As Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
Now, I'm not talking about like just a charismatic spirit, right? How many of you know somebody who's charismatic? I know David's a charismatic guy, right? David's pretty charismatic. But, but I want you to know that's not the spirit that Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about the same spirit that said, let there be light, and there was light. The same spirit that said, let there be life, and there was life. The same spirit that said, let there be earth, and let there be, let there be water, let there be all these things. That is the spirit that was upon Jesus Christ. As Jesus says, I identify with my heavenly father. That's the spirit that was upon him. Come on, listen. The 12 steps and all these programs that we have for better Christian life now. Listen, I want you to know I love all that stuff. But that's that's not what I'm here to tell you this morning. All that begins. You can go through all those programs, but you go through them without Jesus Christ. You're going to come out just as lost, just as broken, just as in in, in captivity as you was when you went in. Jesus came. He said, the Spirit of the Lord has has anointed me to preach the gospel. Not not to be the counselor. Well, that came later. That's the Holy Spirit. Jesus came to preach the gospel the good news that the Messiah has come. We don't live in the brokenness of, our, of, of what it looked like. We don't even have an understanding of what life was like 2,000 years ago. Not because they didn't have cell phones. Come on, it's because they didn't have Jesus. Come on, they didn't have an answer. They, had, they were in darkness. And then God revealed His light. Come on, in the, in the creation, God said, let there be light. I want you to know that in in Mary, that when God began to spoke that life into Mary, he said, let there be light. And that light came forth as Jesus Christ into this world because it goes in. He says that 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 he can recover the sight to the blind. How many of you have gotten into a spiritual conversation with someone who who just didn't get it? They think you're crazy. I want you to know people think I'm crazy. I'm okay with that. I don't have to intellectualize my faith. Come on, it's a, it's a mystery. Do I understand all things? No. Do we prophesy? No. It says, the Bible says that we, that we prophesy in part. We know in part. That, that the gospel is not about total understanding. It's about total surrender. That here this morning, I want you to know that you may be saying that, man, I, I want to live that life that's, that's no longer captive. I want to live that life where, where my eyes are open to the truth of the gospel. I want to live a life where my life where my life is restored and the brokenness in my life has been made whole. I want to live where I can begin to function in the truth of who Jesus is. The recovery of the sight to the blind. The Bible says that that we become like blind leading the blind. We both fall into the ditch. I want you to see here that, that we don't have to live blinded lives, that we can see the truth of who Jesus is as we just open ourselves up to Him. Jesus, open our eyes. Jesus, let us see your truth. Jesus, restore our sight here this morning. I believe Sean even prayed that. Let our, let our, let our faith become sight. Let the things that we hope for become reality. Jesus. To proclaim liberty to the captives, to the recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I believe that right now that there's those here who are 
spiritually oppressed, that those who are oppressed in their bodies physically, that there are those who are oppressed in their schools, that there are those who are oppressed in their families. You know what it means to be oppressed. You know what it means to be oppressed. That means that you have someone who's coming against you, that you have someone who's pushing you down, who's pushing you back, who's saying you can't do that here, you can't say that here, you can't be joyful here. Come on, how many of you know that the, that the, that the joy of the Lord is my strength? Come on, if you're in that time of weakness, if you're in that time of oppression, if you're in that place where you're just like, I don't even, I want to give up. I, I'm just, I want you to know that Jesus, his mission on this earth, he says that he was anointed for these very specific purposes. And he says he came to set at liberty those who are oppressed, that you no longer have to be pushed down and say that you're not good enough. Come on, I, had, I had a message here this morning and I was actually going to talk a little bit about Drew Brees, but you know, we'll have to wait till another day. But I want you to know that how many of you realize that Drew Brees, he's awesome. He did some incredible things, but he had to go through and push through some challenges. Come on, how many of you realize that that's every single one of us? I mean, most of you probably see me here. I've got a jacket and some slacks that are pressed. I want you to know that I didn't live always this way. Come on, I want you to know that that 15 or 16 years ago, that I was a much different man. That, that I, was, I was an alcoholic, that I, that I was oppressed by the works of the enemy. That by the works of addiction. But that the world was telling me, Joe, you're not good enough. You're never going to make it. You're never going to amount to anything. I'm not here to tell you that I've amounted to anything. But I want you to know that I am on the path towards, towards eternity in Jesus Christ. That I can stand here to say that I am born again. I am made new in Christ. I want you to know that He can do that exact same thing in you here today. Come on, I believe that God wants to change a life. That there's someone here this morning that, that has just been fighting, that's been pushing back the work of Jesus Christ in their life. That they're saying, I don't need this Jesus. I don't need this Father. Well, I want you to know that that's just a spirit of rebellion and I'm okay with that. Why? Because that spirit of rebellion is simply an oppression. And Jesus came to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Why do I believe that? Because it says it right here in the Word. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Since the year zero, 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 zero has been the acceptable year of the Lord, that today is the day of salvation, that we are currently living right now in the acceptable year of the Lord. Maybe you don't realize it or recognize it or function in it. I'm not telling you that you need to get a better attitude. I'm telling you that so this is a matter of the heart, that God... He, he came to set us free. He came to set us at liberty. That those oppressions, we don't have to live under that stuff any longer. If we surrender to the work of the cross, if we surrender to Jesus Christ. When I believe that right now, God wants us to begin to bring and restore relationships and families. Come on, how many of you know that, that Jesus had a lot to say about family? Well, we don't have to let, allow the world to define something that, that God created. We don't have to let our own, even our own identities begin to define our purpose. I want you to know that as we align our identities with Jesus Christ, He will realign our purposes. That that same words that Jesus Christ said, that, that he, it came on the day of Pentecost in, in Acts chapter 2, Jesus says the same things. He says, I have anointed you to go out and preach the gospel. That that same power, as it says, that same spirit, as it says that Jesus was anointed with... It says that same spirit that raised Jesus Christ 
from the dead now lives inside of you. Okay, let's say it one more time. The same Spirit, think about this, that said, let there be light. The same Spirit that, that, that said, let there be animals. The same Spirit that created all of the earth and all the stars and all of the universe. That same Spirit that lives inside of Jesus. That same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives inside of each and every one of you if you're willing to surrender yourself to the work of Jesus Christ here this morning. Come on, I believe, amen. I believe that right now, as I said, we had, a, we had just a prophetic moment. We had a moment of tongues. We had a moment of, of, of prophecy. We had a moment of interpretation. I believe that the gifts of the Spirit are not just given for our own entertainment. I believe that they're meant to break yokes. I, remember, I believe that the gifts of the Spirit are intended to call those things that are not as though they, uh, as though they are. I believe that God wants to begin to change and He wants to begin to shape. He wants to get to mold. I believe that right now God wants to change our lives. He wants to set us on a path of recovery. He wants to, he wants to preach the gospel to the poor. That Jesus Christ wants to come and heal the brokenhearted. That Jesus Jesus wants to proclaim liberty to those captives. He wants to begin to recover the sight to the blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed. That Jesus Christ came to proclaim. Come on, He came to proclaim. He came to preach. He came to proclaim. He came to recover. He came to set at liberty. He came to proclaim the acceptable, perfect year of the Lord. How many of you know that Jesus Christ is coming back for His bride? He is coming back for His church. He is coming back for a, a bride that is, that is white with the garments that are just pure and holy and righteous. Come on, I want you to know that you don't have to look far to see that the church ain't there yet. But I want you to know that we can be a church that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And we're going to begin to live a holy, righteous, purified life. Come on, I want you to know sin has no place here. Come on, I'm going to proclaim that acceptable year of the Lord. I'm not saying that sin has to leave. I just want you to know that if I ain't preaching, if I'm preaching in a way that sin could just sit in here, I ain't preaching good enough. Come on, I want you to know Jesus Christ has came to set you free. He has came to set, the liber- to set at liberty those who are captive. Come on, right now, if you have sin in your life, I believe that it's the work of Jesus, not my work, but Jesus. He came to, he came to set you free. Evidence is that says he wants to restore the relationship to the Father. Come on, I had a message this morning about just going into that secret place. Come on, how many of you realize that Jesus, I mean, he was setting, I mean, he was doing some stuff, man, miracle after miracle after miracle. People were coming to him like crazy. I want you to know that Jesus, he said it in his heart. He says, I'm not going to let that distract me from spending time with the Father. That as a matter of fact, most of the time Jesus had to go and they had to go find him. Man, where's Jesus at again? He's over there praying. Oh, okay. Well, how many of us can say here this morning that that is our lifestyle? Come on, we want to see lives change. We want to see these uh, the, the 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 brokenhearted mended. But we're not re- we're not ready to to get before the Father and begin to declare what He would have us to do. Begin to declare our love towards Him. To begin to just build relationship with the Father. Here this morning, I believe God is calling us back to that relationship.
hope that you found this message to be both a blessing as well as challenging. If you would like more information or to leave a comment or prayer request, please visit our website at firstassembly.place. Thank you for tuning in to First Assembly, a place to meet with God.